The reviews are in, and Secrets is a hit. Listeners have described Secrets as priceless information, a personal cheat sheet, and binge-worthy career advice. And Season 3 promises to bring you even more secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to get that coin. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, put in that work to reach the top of corporate America. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance in your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to Season 3. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets. Ricky, what's going on, my brother? Man, well, first off, this cup has got a nice little solid piece of ice in it. You know, I got one of them little sweet limes. So you ready to go. Yeah, man. I got some truth to talk about today. All right. But you know, look, man, I've had multiple situations where leaders were trying to massage their egos versus like actually doing the work. Oh, we've been there. (laughs) We've been there. Like, and I was doing some reflecting and brother effort. That it takes to get an ego-driven leader to just do the right damn thing. Or even for them to take a step back and think about the sum total or the group versus themselves can be exhausting. Totally. totally. (laughs) This is like really, really hustling backwards right here, right? You know, to get them... To do what they're supposed to do is exhausting for functional leaders like you and I who are working behind the scenes to make sure that the leader doesn't look like an ass in front of the general population. Yeah, speak the truth. Speak the truth. And we've both encountered leaders and just people in general who are so focused on proving versus improving. (laughs) Exactly. Let me show you why I am the boss (laughs) versus actually trying to improve things and make things better. Like Jesse Jackson, I am somebody. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And not to be like, you know, political, you know, about this. But when I think about like Donald Trump, like he's like a perfect example of what we're talking about today. He was so caught up in appeasing his ego and sounding, you know, like he was the man. And uh, what was important to him was that, you know, yeah. that it it probably is a good argument that can be made that it probably cost him a second term as president. Sure. He probably could have won. Yeah. Regardless of what your political affiliation Regardless is, we just is. talk about what it is. Like a lot of people like what he was talking he about, won. but he was writing some checks. That's right. And personally, I didn't want him to win reelection, but there was definitely an opportunity for victory for him and but trump was so focused on proving Mm -hmm. that he was right at the expense of making potentially groundbreaking change i mean the congress people were trying to set it up for him to be like (laughs) a generational change agent but he just couldn't do it and and at the end of the day this is the kind of trap that many leaders fall into yeah, no, I think this is very, very true. And, and and as we think about that subject, Keith, in this episode today, we will talk about ego traps that leaders fall into. Mm-hmm. We'll also share our personal experiences of how ego has impacted the ultimate results of businesses that we have worked in as well. We will provide some receipts, as we always do, on how ego can impact your career. And finally, we'll close out with four secrets on what you can do to set ego aside and focus on impact. Yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And Ricky, we all know ego traps 
are all over the place. And I think <laughs> right. it's probably a good idea to just start out by defining what an ego trap is, from at least from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And these ego traps happen when people reach a certain level of success, and then they begin to believe that it's all about them. They start drinking their own Kool-Aid, That's right. huh? They didn't pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Yes, exactly. Nobody <laughs> helped me. Ain't nobody helped me, right? And the decision-making process gets all blurred and just screwed up, right? Decisions start to become self-centered, impulsive, and even neurotic at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, we see this, and it's almost like you you see like the mad scientist or someone like that. I mean, you see this in movies, mm-hmm. you know, all the time, right? All the time. You know, a, a book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday describes the three most common ego traps, okay? And number one is wanting to be the boss of everything, Okay, like you got to be the boss of everything, right? All the time. Now, KP, you know, you and I, we we talk about this issue all of the time when we make reference to being your best employee. Like you're a boss and it's like you know how to do everything. Uh, Everything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And and trying to do everything. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And at some point, you're going to have to like step away from being tactical and really be intentional about being strategic. No doubt. No doubt. And this is a big trap. This whole thing of wanting to be the boss of everything. It's a big trap for many women and BIPOC managers in particular, because mm-hmm. we get wrapped around the axle on the small stuff, right? Micromanaging and not delegating. And we micromanage out of fear of failure mm-hmm. and fear that we will not get to the next level or get that next opportunity without micromanaging and overmanaging every single detail. Right. This is a trap, people. It's a trap. (laughs) Right. And at the end of the day, it feeds your ego to know all of those details, but it also limits your ability to like grow and take on bigger things. Yeah. And it's like you're getting so stuck in the weeds. Yeah. That you can't even focus on things the way that you should. No doubt. You know, I think the other piece here is wanting like too much or being overambitious. Oh, boy. You know, and like if you remember like when your parents would say to you, like you get ready to go out to dinner, if you got lucky enough to go out to dinner. Yes, or, yeah. you know, We do that in my family. <laughs> exactly. Or like when my mom saying, like, I'm going to make you some McDonald's and she bring out that Wonder Bread. Oh. You'd be like, wait a minute. I thought we was going to have this on a on a bun or something a like bun. that. It's like, boy. <laughs> I'm a mama gonna put something good on it. It's gonna That's taste right. just like it, Some you know. Baloney. But you, yeah, exactly. Make sure it's bubbled up in the middle, though. Yes. So, yes. so, but you would ask, you know, for a whole bunch of stuff when you get ready to go out or getting ready to eat something, and your parents would say, "Man, your eyes are way bigger than your stomach," mm-hmm. you know. And then you know you'd order more food than you could actually eat. Yep. Okay. Oh, and that's every time. and that's what it is now. Again, you're not really thinking about it because like your parents would get upset because they really just didn't want you to waste money and waste food. Right. You know, on mm-hmm. things that you just weren't going to eat. Like right. it might sound good, but it wasn't actually But they true. already knew. Right. And, and I think about like in corporate America, I've had to work with, you know, a leader. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll just put it that way. AKA little man. Little we'll man. say that. Right. That's I had right. to work with a leader who was notorious for being overambitious about commitments that could not be made mm-hmm. you know with uh within the necessary time frame or probably even at all even at all okay unrealistic aka my, my man was writing checks that he couldn't cash mm-hmm. 
Now, I'm not sure if this was because he didn't know what it would take to get things done or if he said if he said the things that he said because it sounded good when he was in a mm-hmm. room full of people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, sometimes people get caught up. Caught up. They, they get caught, <laughs> caught up, right? Up. But nevertheless, these types of commitments led to his demise. Yeah. At the end of the day, wanting too much. Yeah. Yeah. Being absolutely. Being overambitious. Mm-hmm. And again, while, while Trump is a perfect example of wanting too much and feeding into his own personal ego and success, I also remember a leader that I work with who believed that all of his success was of his making. He did it all. I did this. I did this. And that he was always the smartest person in the world (laughs) in every situation. It didn't matter what you talk about. You'd be talking about bologna. And he going to tell you what the best bologna sandwich is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know about bologna. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) Not like I know about it. But what he didn't realize is that there were many of us actually – protecting him from himself right Mm -hmm. we were trying to we knew it we could see it see what he was doing see what he was all about and we were trying to protect him but in his ambition he worked actively with other people to try and undermine our protection yeah Uh (laughs) right Mm -hmm. undermine the leadership team and once a lot of us actually moved on he claimed victory Right. Yeah, I did this. I told I you. This. See, I told, I told you. you they were no good. Uh-huh. Moved, you know, claim victory because we didn't move on. But after a lot of us moved on, that protection shield left. You know, he was exposed for being an incompetent leader, and he drove that damn business into the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we're talking about wanting too much, being overambitious. Writing checks, doing all of that, that, that type of mm-hmm. stuff, right? I think another piece here is, you know, you find, you know, that not seeing the bigger picture, you know, starts yep. to come into play. Now, I know this sounds so elementary, you know, to speak um, about as leaders, you know, in terms of not being able to see the, uh, the bigger picture. But dang, brother, this is so common. For whatever the reason may be, call it stress, being under pressure to make decisions quickly, or just maybe even like a gap in skill set, but being able to zoom out, okay, and see things from a larger or more strategic perspective is a common issue that you and I see at all levels in leadership. So, so, so true. I mean, (laughs) again, all three of these things that are pointing out in the book are excellent, but if I had a dollar for every time that I've said this one, (laughs) about not being able to see the bigger picture, I think I'd be a billionaire, right? (laughs) People get so caught up in the minutiae and making short-term decisions that actually impact long-term success Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. As an example, take all these diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives that companies are launching right now. Mm -hmm. This is like the thing. This is the thing, the fad, the hot thing to do. Everybody's doing it, right? But instead of taking the time to really figure out how to structurally and sustainably implement a winning strategy, all the focus is on checking the box and appeasing the loudest voices in yeah, the room. Yeah. Right? I mean, look, you're absolutely right. And I hate to say that you're right on this right. one, but again, people want to check the box and, and try to give you a bit of a smoke screen mm-hmm. to get you off of that. But yep. when you when you double click and say, okay, we're doing all this diversity work. Now, what do our representation numbers look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, <laughs> exactly. That's when you get the stuttering, you know, going on, you know. And look, KP, 
I think this is also akin to us speaking about professional development plans and what needs to be true for you to achieve your own career aspirations. Like we get this all the time as people are talking about what they want to be. But we always try to encourage our listeners to not just think about the next position with respect to the experiences, the, the experiences needed. We shift the conversation to the end game, meaning, you know, what do you want to be when you when you grow up? What's the ultimate aspiration and what will make you attractive you know, for that. That's like the bigger picture. That's the big, that's the bigger picture. So that's why this book is great. You know, ego is the enemy Mm -hmm. and why these three things that he talks about are really important. Yeah, man. I think, you know, as we're thinking about like some of the potential negative consequences of like being driven by your ego, (laughs) you know, like KP, you shared a blog with me by uh, Matt O'Keefe and uh, Matt gave six really, really good ways in which ego can crush your career. I thought we should share those with our listeners today. Mm-hmm. The first negative consequence of being uh, driven by your ego that Matt describes is that a big ego is a bad version of high self-esteem. Word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, which is, a, I've never really heard that yes. example before, but <laughs> so it is good. true, right? People often confuse these two in terms of, you know, ego and Mm self-esteem. There is a big difference between confidence and cockiness or ambition and arrogance. Right. And if you are not self-aware, there's a strong, strong chance that you could be casting the wrong shadow on your own professional image or brand. No doubt. I mean, that's so good. (laughs) And people get tripped up. On that difference, right? You and I are both highly confident (laughs) in our capabilities and ability and ability to drive things. There is no cockiness at all about it. That's right. We're trying. And this is a perfect example of how we even came up as we were talking about secrets. Yeah. With our receipts. Receipts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Here's the data. Hey, <laughs> like my boy Devin says, I ain't telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. No. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> A second thing that Matt points out in terms of negative consequences of being driven by ego is that ego actually turns people off. Mm-hmm. Right? No one wants to work with an asshole. Mm-mm. Nobody. Not We've at all. all worked with a person who is a total jerk or even worse, always takes the credit for all your ideas and your work. Coming there talking about the I, you know, right. statement. And you're talking about, wait, wait, but we. But we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on a minute. What about we? Like, I was the one up last night. Not we. <laughs> we. <laughs> Don't you know? recognize. Or, or acting like. Because of them, you were able to get your work done. Right. <laughs> you don't? Like, get again, that ego is ridiculous, man. I think the other piece here is ego gets in the way of good judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay. when you Like, again, it's this conundrum. You know, being the boss, and I'm doing this in, in, mm-hmm. in air quotes here. Yeah. Or a larger than life figure. That, that shit looks good on TV and in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it's a bad formula for business success. Totally. You know, egotistical people can have a total disregard for reality and an unrealistic belief that they are smarter than anyone or anything. They can outsmart or outmaneuver employees, customers, or markets. They always got the answer, man. Always got the answer. 
you know, like my boy Kanye said, you know, well, it wasn't even Kanye. I think it was Sway. He was like, well, no, Kanye said it to Sway. You ain't got all the answers, Sway. <laughs> you ain't got all the answers. You ain't got all the answers. Yeah. It's just, but sometimes as a leader, you don't have all the answers. And, and when Rarely you go up there, do you. And when you go up there in front like you do, it, it's, it's a bad look. So it can get in the way of good judgment because now you up here trying to overcompensate for something that you don't have and you, you done stole credit for something that you didn't do. Like all of these types of things, this is how we kind of get back into this thing. It looks good on TV and in the movies, but this shit ain't good for like the real life. That's right. All I'm going to say is 2016 to 2020. <laughs> <laughs> we can figure that one out. That's right. <laughs> Another way that ego gets in the way, egos stop you from respecting differing opinions. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not a psychologist, but I did take a few psychology classes <laughs> in college. <laughs> so, of course, I'm a pseudo expert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. You know, I've put on my psychologist hat. <laughs> but I do remember in psychology learning about ego. And one of the things I learned is that people with big egos protect themselves with false pride and refuse to acknowledge information that contradicts their view of the world. <laughs> right. That stuck with me <laughs> at the end of the day. So that'll make me a psychologist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure some of this stuff out. That's right. So I think the, uh, another uh, negative consequence here is, you know, egos value power over trust. Mm. Okay. Power over trust. Leading with ego is all about leading by fear. Mm. Okay. Now I, I know this sounds like we're talking about one individual or this, or this but we no, all know no, people no. who lead we you know, work, this way. We've worked with people Absolutely. Who lead this way. And we know people. Right. So fearful leaders do not trust others or engender trust, right? It's all about maintaining power and control. Yes. Okay. So even if you you're right, you know, you did the research, they're going to try to figure out a way to make it seem like it was something about the research that you didn't quite understand. Yes. But now I'm able to like kind of bring it across the finish line. All the time. (laughs) I know you've been in these situations. I've been in these situations where in some respects you could run circles around your boss. Mm -hmm. Now they intimidate it. Now they're going to put some shit in front of you that don't make no sense or try and muck up what you're doing and try and Keep you in a position. Yeah, yeah keep you in place. <laughs> keep you in place. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And all of that stuff is all out of ego. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Crazy. Not only is it ego, but this last one, egos are also rooted in self-doubt. Because <laughs> not only are they fearful, they also really don't have confidence in themselves. Right. Now, look, I'm a big Oprah fan, and I know she vouches for this dude, Eckhart Tolle. I'm not a big fan of his stuff, to be honest, but I will say that in his book, The Power of Now, which I I did read because Oprah suggested, you know, you got to read some right, shit right, that Oprah right. be talking about, right? Well, we need to write us a book so Oprah can suggest our shit, too. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but in his book, he talks about egocentric uh, people and the power of now. Mm-hmm. And what he says is that they are afraid of self-doubt, of being undermined. Or it's simply just being wrong. They're afraid of all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. They have all this doubt at the end of the day. He says that the ego is very vulnerable and insecure, and it sees itself as constantly under threat. This, by the way, is the case even if the ego is outwardly very confident. 
So, so th- th- there's an inner struggle. And a struggle. There's <laughs> you a know, battle going on, going on all the right, time. Right, right, right. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, now look, I know we, we're talking about a lot of this stuff, man, but this is kind of serious, right? Because I'm thinking about the impact here, right? We have a ton of leaders, political and professional, Okay, yes. because as we're talking about, I know people are like, hmm, such and such is like this. Yes. Well, such and such is like this. But we have a ton of leaders who have influence over our up and coming leaders. Yeah. Or if you want to say over kids, over kids, children, however you want to put it. But unfortunately, some of these leaders are impacting businesses, mm-hmm. livelihoods, and generational wealth with their horrible examples of prioritizing their own egos. Over everything else. Yep. <laughs> no matter what the no matter what it what, is. what it tells you, like I'm talking about me. I'm talking. It's all about me. <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I. And if I hear that like 20 times a day, yeah. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And the moral of the story to me, Ricky, in all of this is. We all need to do the necessary self reflection to determine what type of leader. We want to be. Yeah. At the absolutely. end of the day. Don't let your ego get you jammed up because you're trying to emulate the wrong people. Yeah. I mean, it may look like it worked for them, mm-hmm. but on the uh, but when you peel back the onion, it really did. That's right. And look at those long term results. Yeah. No, absolutely. So now look, Keith, we've been over here talk talking and 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 giving people some some different examples. I mean, I think it's time right now that we Go back to the receipts. Yeah. We ain't making the shit up. I ain't making it up. Huh? <laughs> okay. There's, there's, there's receipts here. There's data. We ain't sway. So keep hitting with it. <laughs> we ain't sway. And today we'll share some receipts on how ego can impact your career mm-hmm. and organizational results. And receipt number one, a survey by entrepreneur.com involving a sample of business people in the U.S. found that the majority believe that those with bigger egos are responsible for poor financial performance and negatively impacted revenue by somewhere between 6 and 15%. That's huge. I mean, and we've seen some of these leaders. We've seen some of these leaders. <laughs> we've seen some but of these six leaders. But 6 to 15% is huge. Just think about a billion-dollar company. Think about the multi-billion-dollar companies mm-hmm. that we've been a part of and with ego-driven leaders. 6%. Well, well, well think about the, the your bonus being at 100%. Yeah. You know, of whatever it is. Or whatever it is. And then you only get 75%. Right. Some of that's like this leader wrote this, some checks. Yes. Some of that is the leader wrote some checks, checks. and and they were trying to make themselves look good for the next role or this Mm -hmm. and that, but that was about the I. That wasn't about the team. Right. You know? Look, receipt number two, in its global CEO survey, PricewaterhouseCoopers reported that 55% of CEOs think that a lack of trust is a threat to their organization's growth. And according to a Harvard Business Review study compared with people at low trust companies, people at high trust companies report that 74% less stress, 106% more energy at work, 50% higher productivity, 13% fewer sick days, 76% more in percent engagement, 29% more satisfaction with their lives, and 40% less burnout. Mm. <laughs> a little trust can go a long way, can't it? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. A little bit. Because you know what it is? Like, when you don't trust somebody, 
Meaning, I'm gonna put this in other terms. When your third eye is always on, right, always when, on. When somebody that tells eyebrows you, always you know, arch. you know how it is when you when you tell your mama something and she said, mm. Mm, mm, yeah, mm, she be like, okay, now I already mm, know the answer to this. You right. know what I'm saying? So she ain't gonna trust it. Not you at know. All. But again, you, we're talking about employees not trusting the leadership. And when they don't trust the leadership, we're talking about all of these things that could possibly go wrong. Yeah. Versus when they do trust, we're talking about people working harder, man, willing to do harder, all kinds of stuff for Feeling you. good about themselves. Exactly. All kinds of exactly. Stuff, right. Our third receipt is in another Harvard Business Review study. Toxic leadership results in a 48% decrease in work effort mm. and a 38% decrease in work quality. I can attest to that. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. If you don't like you the just person, shut down. Yeah. If you don't like the person you're working for and, and you don't trust them and, and you know, the leadership is like in general is bad. You just be like, okay, whatever. Let me start. You spend more time looking for what's what's next. Yes. Or, or just trying to stay out of harm's way. Yep. Totally. Receipt number four. This receipt may be the most powerful receipt like we have shared on Secrets. <laughs> okay, this is this going to be a good okay, one. This is the setup. This, this is the setup, setup right here, right? <laughs> this is the setup. So I don't put I don't put something on it now. A study by professors at Stanford and Berkeley School of Business show that narcissistic leaders are fundamentally driven by their own self-interest. They lack empathy and are less constrained by ethical standards. Mm. ethical standards okay mm-hmm. they can cause tremendous harm once in power and can even put the organization they lead at risk again we're talking about if they put the organization at risk we're talking about your own livelihood yeah yeah okay these these leaders are more likely to engage in fraud and other types of white collar crime manipulate earnings and pursue aggressive tax avoidance the results of Three experiments show that narcissistic people in general have lower levels of integrity, meaning their words and deeds do not align and that they are more likely to lie, cheat and steal in order to prove their special status to mm. prove it okay mm. and ascending to a position of power only reinforces these tendencies now once y'all put me in office y'all ain't gonna be able to tell that's me that's right shit. yeah tell yeah, me yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. it's th- a wrap you think I was bad before but man shoot, give bad, me the keys bad. to it give me the keys to it yeah okay and being elected or appointed to office validates their sense of entitlement and reinforces their belief that they know better than others so that they feel even more justified in ignoring the advice of experts and relying on their own instincts. Okay. Ego. Yeah. Like, look, I, I, I'm not done yet. Okay. The studies also show that narcissists believe in their superiority. Okay. And that it's based on scant evidence. Okay. You can't never nail them down. Never right. Nail them. <laughs> you can't never nail them down. Validated neither by objective measures of intelligence or competence, nor by performance reviews from peers or subordinates. Meaning these are some slick talkers. They slick. Like they they give you some slick stuff here, right? As a result, narcissists often feel they don't receive the admiration and credit they deserve. And they can seem pathologically consumed with resentment. I mean, does this sound familiar? I mean, like, look. I've worked for people like this. And we ain't even talking about Somebody that we all know with the mm-hmm. initials D and T. Right. Okay. We're not uh, talking about that. Cat. Not at all. Okay. That can 
take the form of petulance, aggression, unhinged public rants, and abusive underlings. In the narcissist worldview, other human beings must be either <laughs> acolytes or enemies. There's no black or white. No, no. It's either you with me or you ain't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? But the gravest danger posed by such leaders is that their malignant influence guides the behavior and expectations of others and ultimately shapes the culture of the organization or politics of it in their own image. Studies of businesses show that self-serving unethical behavior at the top cascades through the organization that becomes legitimized or at least normalized. Now, we're going to have to pause and, and I'm going to take a sip on Please this take one. a sip. Okay, because, I mean... We didn't make this shit up. Like these are like th- this is a study. This is these a study. Are, these are studies. They're not talking about Donald Trump. No, but you can see what they're talking about. Let's see what you're okay, they're not talking about Enron or some of these other uh, leaders that There's were there. Plenty of examples, but out you can there. see what they're talking about. You see you what know? they're talking about. Ego. It's huge, and once you get yourself down that path, it's hard to kind of get off of it. And look. That receipt right there was tight as a MF. <laughs> Ricky just dropped the damn mic and smashed it in pieces with that one. <laughs> like we told you that if there is any receipt we've given y'all in all these episodes, that was one. But also that receipt is shows why it is so important to keep your ego in check as yeah. a leader mm-hmm. and why it's so critical for your success to focus on improving versus proving right we could end the show right here ricky after that one right we could end the show right here but we have more science to drop so pr let's bring them some receipts yeah because the microphone is still smoking okay it's still smoking but today we'll provide four secrets on how you can avoid the ego trap and still get ahead in your career so those four secrets are number one be humble number two Seek unvarnished feedback. Number three, walk in others' shoes. And number four, don't be afraid to fail. Those are some good ones. Those are some good ones. And this first secret, be humble. Be willing to listen. Be mm-hmm. willing to analyze your mistakes and learn from them. Be willing to learn from others. Be willing to treat all people as equals and with respect. And none of this means that you roll over if you're being disrespected or disregarded or abused, right? At the end of the day, that's not what humility is about. Being humble means that you start from a servant leader perspective as opposed to a me perspective. Right, right. I think that's a huge, I think that's a huge secret. I mean, it sounds easy, but again, we're talking about some self-reflection. Some of y'all need to look in the mirror. I know, I know I had to. I think we're even talking to Anton. Anton. He was was talking about, he he had to do this. Anton, Anton was bringing heat when he was younger. He said he had to do it, man. Look, secret number two, seek unvarnished feedback. Carl Jung, the 20th century Swiss psychiatrist who founded analytical psychology, okay, once said an inflated consciousness is hypnotized by itself and therefore cannot be argued with. <laughs> like, it cannot be argued cannot with, man. Argued, right? So for the umpteenth time, I point out that the value of a personal board of directors 
is critical. Yes. Okay, it's critical. And if you have people around you that will give you the honest truth, and the most important part is you listen. You listen to that okay, truth. Okay, then right. there is no way your ego will get you in trouble. Okay, Never. absolutely no way. I think we all remember getting cut off at the kneecaps and by one of our parents as a kid when we got that smart mouth. Yeah. You know, and and, and I can tell yep. you, old Sandra K would be like, now I know you ain't getting flipped with me. Right. Now I know you ain't getting flipped with me. Yeah, yeah. Like, boy, like my mom would be like, why? Nah. She wouldn't even say I double dog dare you. No. She'd be like, I triple dog dare triple you. Dog and, that, and that right there, boy, would have you kind of right. like, Thinking to yourself, yes. like, man, she ain't playing. And that black mama death stare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she ain't playing. Ain't playing so, so, you know, so your board will keep that ego in check for you as an adult. And so will your partner. <laughs> okay. Yes. Like, they will yes. absolutely keep you, keep you in check. That's right. No doubt. And secret number three, walk in other people's shoes, right? There's a quote by Susham Sarma that says, before you judge my life, my past, or my character, walk in my shoes, walk the path I have traveled, live in my sorrow, my doubts, my fear, my pain, and my laughter. And just remember, everyone has a story. Mm -hmm. This quote is so powerful because it truly articulates what will separate an average leader from a great leader. Mm -hmm. Great leaders know and understand their team members and many of their working colleagues, right? You know their story. You know where they come from. You know where they're grounded, what makes them them. And if you build honest and mutual relationships with people, it's very hard to live a self-centered life. Yeah, I mean, look, that quote is huge because I'm up here thinking to myself, yeah. like, if some of these leaders that if, if some of the leaders really got a chance to know you, know you, right. to know your story, mm -hmm. would they act the way they act? Probably not. Probably <laughs> right. Not. Especially when they feel like they done walked uphill to, to class in snow, barefoot and this, that, and the other. The, felt like they done walked the, the hardest path when they realize what you what have gone through, gone through and, and where you and how you've gotten to where you are. It might be. A, a better mutual respect, you know, as we talked about. No, it's true. Those relationships. It's true. And we've all been in, gone to leadership retreats and stuff like that. And I've set a lot of agendas for leadership retreats and things like mm -hmm. that. And one thing I always make part of the agenda is putting aside time for every person at that retreat to tell their story. Yeah. Yeah. Take 10, 15, 20 minutes for each person to tell their story. It changes the whole dynamic. But, you know, the crazy part about this, Keith, is as we talk about even some of our coaching services, as we're talking to people and we're, we're having them work on their mouthpiece and having them work on their value proposition, we help them craft their story. Yes. Right. Because that connection is so important. It's hard like for we, you to we talk about. People. I mean, the one that comes to mind for me from the very, very jump here is our sister, Princessa, when she was talking oh, yes. about the Rodney King beating and she mm -hmm. just happened to be in the neighborhood right just there like, to be like there. and she like it actually happened outside right above, of right yeah, where she lived like it's just stuff like that is like and that kind of shaped her ability to fight the way that she fights yes. for her to be able to do some of those things mm -hmm. everybody has a story everybody has a story everybody has a story like how did you get to being a stem kid like how right. do you get to you know doing x like we talk about that but we've been conditioned not to Yes. Okay. So when we're talking about don't be afraid to fail or don't be afraid to give people a view into like your 
your shoes. Yes. I think this is important. It really is. So now look, the, the, the final receipt that we have here is, you know, I kind of gave you a glimpse earlier, but we say, don't be afraid to fail. If you are afraid to fail, you will never learn and grow. Like, I mean, we have friends and colleagues who just always want to do the right thing, always want to like, you know, carve things out so they can kind of control things. Yes. Well, you you got to put yourself out gotta there. You got to put it out there. You got to put be, yourself out there. Be vulnerable. Now, look, Keith and I have shared many of our mistakes that we've made in our careers, and each one have helped us grow and become better leaders. So the real secret is understanding how to take strategic risks so that failure doesn't upend your career. Yes, those strategic okay. risks. <laughs> exactly, right? right? Those calculated ones. A self-centered person will take risks that will advance their self-interest at the expense of others, meaning you're going to be in third place and you're going to try to step on number two to become number one. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I would say, you know, uh, to that strategic risk means taking on something that has an unknown outcome, but is supported by your organization. Yeah. And we've done that innumerable times. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. You exactly. don't know what's going to happen, but if the company gives you that platform or your boss gives you that platform to like give it a try, that's a strategic risk. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to be afraid about failing. Knock that shit out the park. Right? As go best hard. as you can. Go hard. Go, go hard. Go hard and go home. That's, that's what we right. say. <laughs> no doubt. And I've always found that an egoless leader will always take the responsibility for a failure and spread the credit with every success. Yep. Yep. You know, that's not a secret. That's just a little thing that I observation that I've that I've had. Mm -hmm. And again, with all of these secrets and everything that we've given to you today, you can find more resources on these secrets, the receipts that we've shared, all those things by going to our website, secrets.com, looking in those show notes that Janelle always puts together for us to just learn more about how to be an ego-less leader. Yeah, no, look, I want to make sure that I give like a shout out to all of our listeners and fans out there. I mean... Again, I know we say it every week, but it's so true. You've made all of this possible. And just just go out and be sure to write a review on Apple and support us on Patreon. We've launched some new stuff on Patreon. We got some things. You can see some behind the stuff of, you know, Keith and I getting prepared for interviews, some full-length interviews on there with some of the guests. But, I mean, I think just giving you a, a little glimpse, you know, under the hood and start, you know, making sure that you just really check out some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And we might end up having some other secrets, you know, out to some secret footage that we put out there, you know, in terms of content and previous episode interviews. So again, that Patreon stuff, man, is 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 a monster. And we, it is. We're having fun with it. That's right. We're starting to get it going. Yep. And Ricky, you know we're locked in. Locked in on helping you get that coin and getting your seat at the table. So again, we're happy to provide coaching services or come to your organization with some training or even, you know, just a motivational speech or whatever we need to mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. to help your organization and help your help your people get ahead. So check out our website for more information on that. And know that if we come to y'all, we spitting that truth. We, we spitting that. That's we spitting right. that. Like the old players used to say, we spitting that ism. Ism. <laughs> we spitting that ism. Y'all, y'all ask us to come. We gonna give it to you. So look, I think that after forty nine episodes of Secrets, y'all already know the KP and I 
don't have a lot of ego involved in this no, at all. Okay, at all. We put a lot of our business out there, and I think this truth serum, because uh, this ice boy, he got Ooh, these big melted. old ice cubes over here, right? I think this is tr- uh, that this truth serum we've been sipping on while recording certainly helps, mm-hmm. and the cups are getting kind of low. Yeah. So I just want to say to everybody, thank you so much for listening to Secrets and being part of the Secrets family and this whole journey that we're going on here. It's been so much fun. And I'm going to just say this right now. Be sure to tune in for a special 50th episode (laughs) next week as I'll be interviewing my boy Ricky (laughs) about a new change in his life. So it's one that you don't want to miss because it's going to be so much fun. And y'all know Keith ain't going to mess around. He's going to ask me I, the hard questions. He's going to ask me shit that y'all really want to know. Exactly. <laughs> Get in them drawers. <laughs> <laughs> so again, thanks for listening today. And remember, when we share, you transform. Peace. Out. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another gem from KP and PR. In fact, one listener said that Secrets makes me smarter every time I listen, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, and donate via Patreon. Check us out on the web at www.secrets.com. That's www.c-cretscom to get more information about our secret services. Until next time, cheers.